Welcome to Camel Call Friday. I'm Chris Haymeyer. We're actually recording this over Zoom if it doesn't sound as crystal clear as it usually does. Evan Budrovich is officiating a wedding, not his own, officiating a wedding out in California, back his home state where he's from. Evan, I didn't even know you were a certified. What do they call you? You're able to officiate a wedding, an officiant, but how did this happen? They call me Reverend Budrovich around these parts uh, these days. You know what's neat? You can actually take online classes for certain states. So now in California, Nevada, and Arizona, I can I can officiate your wedding. So if you need some help on the West Coast, call me. Man, that's awesome. Um, great segue from officiating a wedding to uh, men's soccer. Um, you can call it a dynasty now. Uh, our men's soccer team uh, has won the regular season title three out of the last four years. They wrapped it up Wednesday night, a 3-1 win at Gardner-Webb, just unbelievable. Of the many unbelievable statistics that you can throw out for Dustin Fonders-led men's soccer team, the one that I point to and tell anybody, they're like, how good's your soccer team? Campbell men's soccer is 33-2-5 in their last 40 games against Big South competition. Incredible. It, this all dates back to Veterans Day 2018. We drove down I-95 with Zach Burley, myself, and Ricky Ray with a van full of fans that, if you remember correctly, the van of fans got stuck on the highway at the South Carolina border. But we went down to Presbyterian, and the men's team won an overtime to win the conference title that year. They ended up playing NC State. But ever since that moment in this four-year stretch, you're right, number one seed or number two every year have been in a conference final in that stretch and have won multiple championships, regular and postseason. There's no soccer program with more success in this four to five year window than, than Campbell. It's amazing, too, because not only have they won the double a couple of times and gotten to the NCAA tournament, they've won a game in the NCAA tournament this year early in the season. They were ranked in the top 25, not in the state, not in the region, not in the southeast. They were ranked in the national top 25 in the major polls. Um, incredible what he's built here. And think about that top 25 win. They took down UNC Greensboro who now is ranked as high as number eight. I think they're 10 or 20, there's like four different soccer polls, but they're a top 15 program. And this year in the men's soccer, it's a little different. There's only uh, 32 teams as opposed to the 64. So every seed hosts, like there's no playing round. There's no buy around anymore. You could go straight to ACC opponent. There's a chance you could host if your RPI is in the right spot. I don't know the numbers right now for Campbell, but you could play Greensboro again. You could play Clemson. There's a lot of local opponents. Clearly, they have to win on Sunday first to get yep. to the final. But it's it's a neat path when you start looking ahead and, and mapping out these tournament routes. Campbell men's soccer, 10-3-5 overall, 6-1-1 one one in the conference. And they have come back. Remember, they lost to High Point. They were in second place, but they took care of business. High Point had a tie. So Campbell is the number one seed. It's different than the women's, what we'll get to. For the men's, the higher seed host. So Campbell will be playing. Um, at Eeks Athletic Complex coming up this Sunday at 6 p.m. against Presbyterian. If they win, the Big South final will be on Saturday, next Saturday, November 12th. We also have a, a volleyball game that day. We also have the final home uh, football game of the day. So it'll be a homecoming type atmosphere. We'll have a lot um, on the line. Speaking of a lot on the line, our women's soccer team, we taped this on Thursday. So by Friday, you can go to gocamels.com and see that hopefully the women continue their incredible run. You want to talk about incredible runs. You want to talk about incredible statistics. This is a women's team 
that has outscored their opponents in the last five games, 21 to three. And these are all Big South Conference opponent. They wrapped up the regular season last week. They are 11-0-2 over the last two months. They have not lost since August 20th. What's more impressive, too, about that stretch, you mentioned the wins, but the way they've won the last four to five matches, dominant victories. They had to win their last match to clinch the number one seed. Boom, they take care of business. Jeff Gross celebrating. They're posting a video every day to promote fans to come out to the match, which I love, the creativity of it. And, and you know, in Matthews, it's such a weird, neutral environment. Any fans would be delightful. Yeah, We're going to tape this on Fridays if Campbell won, because I like that positive mindset we're bringing this with. But to now head to the finals, it, it really opens doors. And if they lose, don't listen to this part of the podcast. But yeah. And they would play uh, Sunday at one o'clock. Again, we can talk about some things, the Big South scheduling semifinals and finals on the same day and being a neutral and a non-neutral site. But but there you go. So so, so the women had to go to a neutral site, Matthews, outside outside of Charlotte. But uh, what, how incredible that would be, um, a, a brand new coach who inherited a lot of talent. But Evan, that is so hard, what, what Jeff Gross was, was asked to do. He's a new voice. He's got a new style. He's got new assistants. They started 0-3-1 in a very tough uh, beginning of the season schedule and have been 11-0-2 ever since. Just incredible when you, when you add it all up, what he's done. The unbeaten since August is really mind-blowing, right? Because, and I realize there, there's no overtime in college soccer, but to win 11 matches out of yeah. your 17, that, that's impressive. And then we talked about the Longwood match. You win 8 nothing to secure the title. So that was taken care of in grand fashion. And this is a kind of a redeemed team, you know, and think back to last year, losing on its home field to high point in the final high point didn't qualify for the tournament this year. So the doors open to win the championship and get to three straight finals, win two of them. And then from there, the NCAAs is wide open. So th this team has played good opponents. We talked about Clemson, NC state this year. Those are all tournament caliber teams. So they're ready for this moment. And now this senior class, it's been fun to watch them over four years. They, they get their final run. Uh, another fall team in the hunt, uh, Campbell Volleyball, who had their 10-game win streak snapped last weekend, uh, a showdown with High Point tonight, Thursday night, as we as we air this on, on Friday. Either way, um, they're going to qualify for the Big South Conference Tournament, which unfortunately is at High Point. Rather, they get the number one, number two, or number three seed. But this Saturday, they'll be back at home to take on Radford at 2 o'clock next week. Uh, Friday and Saturday games against Asheville and Upstate at six and five o'clock. But the volleyball team coming off a banner year, uh, having another record record setting year uh, again. It is it is so tough for, for all of these teams we're talking about, Evan. I, I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough is they've all been picked to finish near the top of the conference. They're the defending champs in, in one way or another. They've had this target on their back. This is our last year in the Big South Conference. There are some teams that are a little bit bitter on it. If you're not bitter, you're going to want to send Campbell away with the loss. And nobody's really been able to do it either. So they have been the hunted all year and are, and are producing an unbelievable rate. This Campbell High Point match this week will tell you a lot about the Big South. Those are two of the prohibitive favorites. You know, with the tournament at high point and only four teams in, three are pretty much locked in right now. Winthrop, who handed Campbell its lone loss, and then the two big dogs, Campbell and High Point. So you factor in those three, it's a mess of teams for that fourth seed. I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those threes in a championship match, and 
anytime you can play at high point, they bring out the Greek students. We'll have a great student turnout. It's kind of lined up nicely on the calendar, November 19th. So you can go to the Raleigh Christmas parade in the morning and then head across town to high point and see the band at the Christmas parade and then go watch some volleyball. So it'll make for a heck of a tournament. Great plug there. Okay. Campbell football disappointing loss uh, last week. We rehashed it. Um, What's the airport you fly into to Rhode Island, by the way? You know? Oh my gosh! I'm I'm telling you what. Yes, we we fly into Providence. We we fly into Providence because because this week, following up what was a tough loss, I will start it with this because we don't need to rehash uh, much of what happened in in a wild game last week. But Campbell's still in the running for not only a, a share of the conference title, but the number one seed, which would be a bid into the FCS playoffs. There are three way tie scenarios. The bottom line right now, we won't know anything of the bottom season. Campbell has to win their last two conference games, which are these next two weeks. You talked about, and we talked about it a long time ago. This is a, this was the definition of a trap game, as Campbell is going to Smithfield, Rhode Island. Where is it, you ask, Mr. Budrovich? We fly into Providence, Rhode Island, because it's 20 minutes outside of Providence. It's one hour south of Boston. It's 12 hours to the north of Bowie's Creek. If you were thinking of driving, you better start now. Two o'clock, and here's a thankful part for many, many different things. We have a lot of guys from the south on the team. It's going to be 72 degrees, which could set a record for November 5th in Rhode Island. Also, a little bit of a smaller press box. So, Jason Halter and yours truly, Chris Hamar, will bring you the radio broadcast from outside of the press box on a deck. As we're told, we have a table. It could be snowing. It could be 30 degrees. I would be very grumpy then. I'm only going to be a little bit grumpy outside in 70 degree weather. You know, what's the craziest part of this trip. You can actually take 95 for 700 miles and take one exit to get to the campus from Campbell to Bryant. It takes two exits. You, you j- jump on and done. You get off in Providence and you can get to Bryant. That's that's actually incredible. I always like the fact that that you literally can get from done to New York City, too. Um, those two towns seem, and we love done, you know, that, um, the, those two towns seem about as opposite sides of the spectrum you can get, but one highway and maybe one turn and you could get from done to New York city. But this game, I said, this was a game I was worried about. It's a definition of a trap game, but I think obviously this is a team that knows they have no more room for error, that they know that it's taken out of their hands and they're going to have to rely on a little bit of, of help here, but they know if they lose this weekend, there is no chance um, that that they will be in the running for a conference title, be in running for an FCF playoff thing. And this is a very this is a good team. I, I don't want to say no it's doubt. a very good team, but this is a good team. They have um, the best statistical quarterback in the entire conference, and they have lost two games in overtime, including one in overtime to FBS FIU, who I know is not very good, but it's still an FBS team. And then they lost two other games uh, by one score. So this is this is a team that's two and six really in, in record only. And you bet nothing more than they have had such a tough season. They know this game could could turn it all around. It's Bryant's senior day and it's a team that's transitioning conferences. They have a lot of seniors on this roster. Their last home game, they miss a field goal it was blocked against Charleston Southern. And, and we saw how good the Buccaneers are. So yeah. you're right. It, it's not a team you can just roll over. And you mentioned that motivation too. I mean, Haj Malik Williams, We've seen him after games, that sense of ownership, that sense of wanting to win. He, he's going to be focused. This offense, when it's clicking, is really good. When the defense is clicking, they're really good. Can they mesh that together for four quarters? 
I know I sound like a football coach, but that may truly be. If they're mentally focused, they could win this game. But it's it's all between the ears at this point. Yeah, um, still everything in play. And, and that would set up, as I said, it's going to be a big next Saturday with a lot of home stuff going on, with a lot of things on the line, trophies being awarded. And Campbell will take on Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb, who was the other undefeated team now and is with, a, with NCA&T. So that's coming up next Saturday. we got a lot going on. It's crossover season. Oh, by the way, basketball starts on Monday. On Monday night. The defending regular season champs, uh, speaking of trophies, our women's basketball team will will play the front end of a men's women's doubleheader, 5.30 and 8. You have, gosh, been such a big part of this women's team um, for the last couple of years. It is incredible. Again, I seem to be a broken record, but it's what's going on here at Campbell of what Ronnie Fisher has built, a team that wins year after year after year. It's the first stretch that a women's program has been to three straight conference finals in over a decade. Now. Yeah. Regardless of whether you win or lose those games, you have to get to a final. They've won two regular season titles in that stretch. They've made two postseasons with NITs and W, uh, what do they call it now? WBI, that's what it is. My apologies, I should know that. But (laughs) the, the fact that this group has won 20 games now for the last five years, which you only play 28 to 30 games in women's basketball. You play a few less than the men's side. Yeah. So. It's an incredible stretch. They bring in a grad transfer point guard, Erica Joseph, who can hopefully fill the void of Luana Serrano, who was a great Portuguese four-year captain and leader. Uh, they talked about Christabel Azuma filling that role of Taya Bolden, who's the all-time leading rebounder. By the way, this record will never be broken. Taya's played 152 games in her <laughs> yeah. six-year career. Yeah. There is no chance in heck, unless a second COVID comes on this earth, that any player will play that much basketball. So that's a big presence you'd miss. Yeah, uh, Swenya Nuremberg is healthy again this year. They're Luxembourg, do-it-all, forward guard. And then Brittany Staves, who you had on the podcast, she's a, an elite all-conference player. So they have pieces, but I think you're right. It, the first game, it'll be a walkthrough, but a good test. And then it amps up with NC Central and UCF the next two weeks. Yeah, for, for the men, it'll be uh, a lot of interesting new faces. They have a great core with Jesus Carolero, Ricky Clemens, who has moved from walk-on to preseason all Big South Conference, and and Josh Lusain. You can imagine what the transfer portal did to the Big South Conference. It really benefited Campbell um, as they so brought with, in a lot of new guys. With Corey Gensler gone from the staff, he took a job and, and left the coaching world. Is Josh still called the Chief, or what do they call him now? He is still called the Chief. That is his nickname, is Josh Lusain. Resembles Robert Parrish, who uh, we're dating ourselves now. I'm dating myself now, but out of the, but out of the Boston Celtics. So I think everybody... Real interested to see what will happen. The, the men play at 8 o'clock that night. They're both playing uh, non-Division one teams, but it'll be a good warm-up. Of course, uh, the Camels then uh, travel to NC State um, up in Raleigh a week from Friday, so they will get a, a good test early, but it'll be, they get to it'll see be their a lot friend. of fun to see these. That's right. Yeah, they get to see their old friend DJ Burns from Winthrop. He's now a, a starting DJ forward Burns. at NC State. The NC State transfer should be a lot of fun. That's on ESPN Plus, as is everything else we have been talking about. Evan, is your uh, is your efficient speech ready? If you missed the first part of this podcast, and my gosh, how have you gotten this far and not listened to the beginning? You're officiating a wedding, so do you have it already? My friend is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so I have a few references in the in the speech about that. But otherwise, I think we're all set. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, will the bride appreciate that, or or do you get to do whatever you want because you're the officiant? At this point, it's a little late in the game, but hopefully, it's a good Friday night in Palos Verdes, California. 
on tape through Zoom from Los Angeles, California. That's Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Hamar. We're talking some women's tennis with the head coach of the Fighting Camels. We come back after the break here on Camel Call Live. Welcome into the final segment of Camel Call Friday. And joining me now, he is beginning his fourth season as the head coach for the Campbell Fighting Camel women's tennis team. He is Mike Stevens. And coach, one thing people might not know about tennis, you're quote-unquote competitive in conference season and the conference tournament, everything like that is in the spring. But boy, your fall is full. Tell us about what you all have been doing this fall and, and how the squad looks. We played four, four tournaments this fall, individual tournaments with no team scoring. But uh, each of those tournaments is two or three days. So it's a lot of matches for the women on the team. And uh, we've really been focusing on, on putting together the, the things that we need to work on, our team goals, our, our team chemistry, um, working on uh, characteristics that will help them both on and off the court with their work ethic. Um, they do a lot of journal work, which they, they write in their journal pretty much daily about their tennis and other things that they, they feel they need to improve on. So it's been, uh, it's been a time where we come together and, and figure out what we need to do to get better, not just individually, but, uh, but as a team. The results for the fall tournaments have, have been very, very good. And uh, yeah, we just ended our fall season last week. We're into our eight hours a week now. So we're just you know, working on conditioning a little bit more now and getting fit for the spring season. That's really interesting. Tell me more about the about the journal work. I don't think I've I've heard of that uh, mm-hmm. in tennis that often. We use it both for for tennis and for kind of self uh, self you know realizing what what they you know why they play tennis. What are the best things they like about tennis? Um, what they what they you know feel when when they're playing the best match of their careers and and how they're feeling when they're when they're not playing their best and what they can do to to kind of turn things around a little bit or, or keep things going when they're playing well. So, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time on that, uh, on the on the why, you know, why they like to do what they, they do on the court and, and how to improve on the things that, that will help them be better players and, and better people. As we know in our realizing, because the studies back it up, uh, the mental part of the game is so unbelievably um, tough and so much a part of, of everything. How much is it in tennis? It seems like one of those sports where it's a lot more in that sport. I think it's a lot, but you know, I don't know too much about uh, hitting a curveball or, or a golf ball that very well. So, but yeah, you know, everyone's got a good forehand, everyone's got a good backhand, everyone's got a good serve that that we play. So the mental part of it is a is a big part of it, and who can handle the adversity, who can handle the the momentum swings um, without getting too down or getting too high when they're playing great because. You can play a great set and win six one, and then the second set starts, and you're back to you know all even. So, you know who can handle those things the best and, and overcome uh, the adversity, the nerves. Everyone's going to get nervous, but who can overcome those things just a little bit better um, and keep improving on those things? Uh, you all have, uh, gosh, kept improving, and you really, really have built a program into a into a conference title contender. Last year, um, finishing second in the conference, the highest finish since Campbell has been back in the Big South, and that's now at year number eleven at seven and one. Tell me about that team last year. What was special about it? What was really special about them? They worked incredibly hard. They got along incredibly well. Um, you know, the chemistry was great. They they worked hard at 
at learning about each other, you know, the different languages, the different cultures that they grew up with being from, from all over the world. So that part of it was neat. And they, they really worked hard. They were just a fun group of uh, women to work with. Um, they bought into the process of how to get better individually and as a team. And, and it was great. Uh, you know, the, we, had a, we had a strong season and I have a lot of respect for, for all the players on the team that went through, you know, some difficulties the two years before with the COVID. And, and uh, yeah, but it was, a, it was a special team and have a lot of fond memories from that from last year. Yeah, no doubt. And then, of course, kind of coming to a halt, it seems like COVID has had a direct effect on your on your team the, 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 the last two years. How heartbreaking was it? Was it these last two years? Different circumstances kind of from the same thing? Certainly heartbreaking, but, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for the women on the team. They, they kept working hard from the, from the previous year, and, and our returners are back this year working hard at it again, and, and our freshmen are are working towards the same goals that, that we had last year. So, you know, just a lot of respect for our women that not letting them, not letting it get them down too much, but coming back a little bit, maybe a little more hungry for this year and, and finishing up the, the Big South Conference, our, our, you know, our time in there, with hopefully a, with a great result. Um, you got here in the fall of 2019, and we, we chuckled about it a little bit. You said, you said great, great timing before we sat down for this, uh, for this interview. But, man, the spring of 2020, as everybody knows, everything started to happen. What has it been like trying to build a program, a new program, literally through this whole thing? Your only time at Campbell has been <laughs> through COVID, say, for a couple of months. Um, yeah, the COVID, the COVID thing obviously was, was hard on everybody, um, inside of sports, outside of sports, at, at every school. So um, other than that, it's been, it's been kind of like any other place I've been. You know, try to get the best student-athletes you can in there and, and work with them to, to be better students, to be better people, to be, and of course to be better tennis players and kind of meshing them together and, and hoping things, uh, you know, click at, at the right time. But yeah, certainly, certainly with COVID, it's it's been uh, you know it's been challenging, um, you know, getting through those those difficult times. But you know, it's it's really helped the student athletes, I think, you know, deal with adversity better and become stronger people and and give them more confidence of who they are and and how to overcome those tough times in life. You had mentioned it before. You are um, putting together a team with with players from all over the world. Uh, how does that work? First of all recruiting wise how do you convince someone from another continent to come to Bowie's Creek North Carolina just uh we talk a lot about what we work on as a team here you know putting a team together with with people from all over the world and how much fun that is and how exciting it is to to learn different languages to learn different cultures um you know our, our team spend obviously they spend a lot of time together in the van rides and hotels and team meals and so they get to know each other very well and that part is exciting and it uh it makes the recruiting part of it, I think, a little bit easier because we have so many people from all over, over the all over the world. So when you're recruiting somebody from a different country and they see your roster and they see the different uh, you know countries that are represented on our program, it, it makes it a little bit easier, I believe. Uh, you have a wide and varied background. Um, you have been in this thing for a long time. You have been out of this thing. Still, tennis is a is a constant um, in your life, but a lot of different things. Kind of tell us your path that you, that got you here to Bowie's Creek. Uh, well, I started playing tennis when I was a, a little kid. I have three brothers and a sister, and we played every sport depending on, on what season it was. So that was kind of how it how it started, and played through high school and and uh, a little bit in college, and and uh, you know, it kind of fell into the role as a tennis coach. I was in the right place at the right time. We 
way back when I was 24 years old and got offered a head coaching job at Ryder College, which is now Ryder University, and and loved it and uh, coached both men and women at that time. But then, uh, you know, right down the road from me was Prince Sports Group and and got offered a job. I knew a few people that worked there, and they, they talked me into joining them and and but missed the college coaching part of it. And eventually, when when uh, you know the company Prince moved to to another state, um, got back into college coaching and have been doing it ever since. And uh, feel very fortunate that uh, I've been able to do it as long as I have and have met so so many great people and student athletes and administrators. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you were an assistant for a short time at, at NC State. Is is that something, knowing this area, that, that made this job even more attractive? It absolutely did. Uh, my wife's from North Carolina, so uh, when we moved away from North Carolina back, uh, I believe that was about 20 years ago when I was at NC State, I promised her we would get back to North Carolina someday, and, and finally that uh, you know this happened to fall through, so we've been very fortunate that way as well. Uh, you've been here, as we talked about, um, a quote-unquote short time when it seems like all of the other coaches that I'm talking about have been here for a decade, which says a lot about this university. You here in your four years. Well, what do you like about this university? You know, it's very special. The people here, I, I would say, are the, uh, are the main thing I, I love about it. Everyone here is, is willing to help out, and obviously having someone like Coach Johnson right down the hall from me, who's been there 20 years, has been exceptionally uh, great for me, having someone to lean on, on like him. And and everybody here, uh, within the athletic department, outside the athletic department, we had professors come out to to a doubles clinic with our team uh, just Tuesday this, of this week. So uh, having them there and uh, getting to know our players on the team was was a lot of fun. So things like that. I mean, everyone here just seems just seems so nice and uh, and just uh, fun to be around. Uh, big changes conference wise, Campbell going to the CAA. What does that mean for Campbell Women's Tennis? You know, there's there's a lot more teams in the conference, so you know there'll, there'll be more more competition in that regard. There are some teams that are ranked a little bit higher as well, so it'll be challenging. Um, you know, not trying to look too far ahead as as I want to keep my, my focus on on the Big South and seeing how do how well we can do this year in the Big South Conference and hopefully end with a with a bang. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to joining the new conference, the Colonial. And uh, that'll be a fun challenge for everybody. And we'll finish there with the Big South. When you look at um, this conference this year, what do you think about it and, and, and your all's chances in it? You know, if things keep going the way they have this fall and, and, and the team keeps improving, which, which is certainly the plan, uh, I think we have a, a very good chance of, of ending on a, on a very high note, which is uh, I know what, what our goal is, our team goal is, and, and I think it's certainly possible to win it. But, uh, you know, it's a long way off, and, a lot has to go our way, and, and uh, you know, definitely looking forward to the challenge. Coach, thank you so much for taking time with us today. Thank you very much. Here's Coach Mike Stevens of Campbell Women's Tennis. That'll do it for Camel Call Friday. No Camel Call live Monday show or podcast as we have a basketball doubleheader. Believe it or not, basketball season begins starting at 5.30 with the women, 8 o'clock with the men on Monday. Both those games will be on ESPN+. We'll be back with Camel Call Friday next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.